It's bonus pod one seven one. You oh gosh. You oh no, I've done that. You walk into no, you can't go there. <laughs> gosh, have I run out of have I run out of locations? You walk into the Tower of London. Ah. And you're, you've booked a tour. And you're there five minutes beforehand just to be safe, five minutes early. But there's no one else there. And you're like, five minutes isn't that early, is it? You're at the entrance. Huh. I'll just, I'll just wait for a bit. Four minutes, three minutes, still no one else ends up. Two minutes, still you're the only person there. You, you check your e-ticket again. Yeah, no, it is today. Yeah, it is at this time. There's no email saying it's been cancelled. And then the, and then the time, you reach the time. Bang on. And someone, you just hear someone go, Welcome. And you look up, huh? And it's a beef eater. With the uh, with a really really big beefy to hat, like really really tall, even taller than they normally are, is basically this guy's whole full body length again, <laughs> on top of his head, and the the hat comes down to, of, to cover his eyes, and he's got a chin strap over his mouth. She can't really make out his face, and you go, oh gosh, um, yeah, sorry, I I, I booked this uh, tour. Am I supposed to be speaking to you? And he said, yes. He says, yes, yeah. welcome. You're, you're on time for the tour. Let's begin. And you go, well, isn't anyone else going to join? And he, he snaps, do you see anyone else? And you go, oh, um, well, no, no. Well, then that answers your question, doesn't it? <laughs> and you go, aren't you, aren't you supposed to not react? To st- isn't, is this your job? I thought it would be a tour guide, not an actual beef eater. But before he, you can finish sentence, he turns around and has to bend over re- 90 degrees to get through the gate because his hat is so tall. And he just goes, come with me. And you follow him, clip, clop, clip. His, his, his steps still very measured, still very military, but he is bent up 90 degrees. He's got his Lee Enfield strapped over his shoulder. It's, it's live. It's real. It makes you a bit nervous, but uh, these guys are highly trained, you tell yourself. Uh, and... He comes out of the gatehouse and he's able to stand upright again. And he goes, first stop is the rookery where we keep the ravens. And you go, oh, cool. I've heard of the ravens. And you say, oh, I heard that uh, if if there are fewer than six ravens in the tower, the monarchy will fall. Is that true? And he just goes, grow up under his breath. <laughs> <laughs> and you go, sorry. And he says, oh, nothing. And uh, and he, he, he takes you into the rookery, and he has to be he's at ninety degrees again because there's a ceiling, and he goes look among the rooks, and he's waving his arm across it, but bent over, so he's sort of sweeping across his own face as he's bent over. <laughs> look among the rooks, and there are these there are all these rooks going quack 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 quack, and you go wow that's so cool, uh, and you go one two three four. Wait a second, you say, there are only five rooks here. And he goes, uh, no, that's not true. And you say, yes, there are only five rooks. That means that the monarchy will fall. 
doesn't how can the only I thought the whole point of this place was to make sure that there are enough rooks in the Tower of London at all times. And he says, There are six rooks in this room. And you can look one, two, three, can you not count? Can you not count? You're you're a beef eater, but not a beef counter, I guess. Can you not count there are five rooks in here? Her Majesty is going to fall. This is the end of the United Kingdom as we know it. And 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 then he very calmly says, Madam, I assure you, there are six rooks in this room. He then sits down on his ass on the floor, which makes him low enough that he can be upright from the waist upwards. His tall, tall, beefy just hat scratching the ceiling. And he unclasps his, his uh, chin strap and he raises his hat so you can see his eyes. And you see that it is Pierre. The, the beef eater is Pierre. But he keeps pushing his hat further and further up and revealing a pair of feet on his head. <laughs> like f- f- feathery, black feathery feet. And he keeps pushing, pushing, revealing a, a feathered legs, two wings pop out, a torso, and a big... And it's, a, it's me in a giant <laughs> raven costume sat on Pierre's shoulders and we say together there are six rooks in this room <laughs> welcome to butt pod bonus pod <laughs> I liked it, it, it there are points where it creaked <laughs> some points where it was creaking and nearly the gave way but it, it worked in the end I I I I realized a bit too late that it's it's I've chosen a, such a, a grand and um, sweeping place to set it, and I've only had time to go into one room in the Tower of London. Yeah. Uh, so the Tower of London might return as yeah. a setting. <laughs> and I think you've got to be you, continued. Maybe. I think you had a bit of hat confusion there. Oh no! Is it like is it one of those things where it's actually it's the Welsh guards or whatever that have the well, tall the, hats? the tall be- the tall bearskin hats are guardsmen, not beef eaters. The beef eaters have those weird little bonnets. Oh yeah, they look like little um, sort of uh, cakes or something. Right, they sort of look like Renaissance musicians. Yes, yeah, yeah, that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Okay, well, take out Pierre. If you go back and just edit every time I said beef eater and replace <laughs> it with. Uh, Guardsman, I just really appreciate Guardsman. I can never... That's one of those, like, actually facts that I can never remember. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. It is hard. Because it's just sort of like, uh, which kind of bright red guy is doing old-fashioned duties in which building? Yeah. Mm. Um, yes, yeah. indeed. But still, I mean, it makes sense in the context of, like, it, it's, it turns out it's me and you as a raven. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, thank and thank you, uh, Pierre, for not interjecting um, when I made the mistake. It must have taken Oof. a lot. If you could see but... the amount of uh, <laughs> the amount of uh, uh, blood coming out of my fingernail embedded hands, <laughs> I've become a much more zen person since since uh, COVID hit. I think I, like um, old Pierre would have been, would have been right in there, and I just thought, you know what? Let's just let's just groove on it. Live and let live. Yeah. Yeah, so I appreciate that. Um I uh I I was um oh yes, I've got a spicy Yes thing I wanted to talk about mm. for this bonus pod where we have a spicy chats. 
I was um I I uh, yesterday I went to an exhibit at the Barbican with a friend who uh, uh, who'd booked the, this exhibition and it was called uh, the, the world ahead of us or the world we the world we live in I think it's called okay and you love the about, Barbican lately Philip I've been to the, I've been to the Barbican twice in one weekend too Oof. much Barbican over Barbican um and it, I Barbican it turns out <laughs> but it, it it was an exhibit about like climate change and solution well nominally solutions to climate change but mm. centered on indigenous communities and indigenous solutions right uh which really just means like i don't know make buildings out of trees or i was gonna say indigenous solution if you're from england aren't isn't aren't you indigenous to england i mm. well this this was one of my points and and it's one of the the language throughout the exhibit was very much this modern kind of vague uh language about communities and indigenousness and i said to my friend do you not th- do you, do you ever think that with all this valorization of in, of indigenous and what is indigenous and what indigenous peoples of places think and do does it ever creep into a kind of nationalism yeah because as you say the people who are you know anti-immigration in the uk for example call themselves the indigenous peoples of um, england and the uk and it's it's a tricky thing with the uk because you know how far back do you have to go to say someone is indigenous yeah but but they sort of have a don't they have a point then if you are saying about these other people in these other places that they are are special and hold a special license to the the place because they are indigenous well yeah i mean i i've always found that to be an odd double standard and they'd always go like oh no but like it's about power and stuff and these guys don't have any power because they inevitably were describing some people who broadly speaking live in you know villages in remote places or whatever else but it, as you say it doesn't matter because it's it's shoring up the concept in people's minds and I think also yes. a lot of this is a repeat of the Victorian obsession with the quote noble savage. Where it is, yes, that's just exactly sort of oh, they're so wise, aren't they? So wise. Hmm. And it's like the same reason that for tourists, the Maasai in Kenya pretend to not have you know pickup trucks and pages and mobile phones and things. Yeah, and and I said to her, it's kind of for for a movement, a political movement that that um, demonizes what's called orientalism you know of sort of mm. mystifying places simply because they are foreign and different isn't this a kind of orientalism about yeah tribes in africa or villages in india aren't you just aren't you doing the same thing if like the, the exception obviously is that obvious obviously it's a good idea to maybe do an exhibit on like uh, oh it turns out that bricks you make from compressed bamboo are quite strong and they bend a bit so that's good for earthquake zones or whatever it is right yeah. You go, yeah, yeah, well, you can do an exhibit on that without rapturing, being all rapturous about, ah, oh, and their simple hand-woven clothes. <laughs> and it's like, well, I'm sure they'd like a T-shirt that they didn't have to make with their calloused fingers. I'm sure they'd like mm. an easy day. Mm-hmm. What they, well, This well, return to nature stuff, I don't know. It, like you say, it edges into what they sometimes call green-brown. Green-brown. 
Yeah, so green is the green movement, and any brown political movement is fascist. Oh right, okay. So when someone's right, a right. bit when someone's a bit green brown, it's when they're like, uh, "We just need to return to nature and not fly anywhere." Especially immigrants, no flying. You know, like uh, like Hitler's obsession. Mm. Like Hitler had an absolute obsession with appointing people to be like head forester. I think Goering was head forester and like preserving the German wildlands and not eating too much meat and definitely never smoking and the natural health of the people. And it's uh, we will go to the nudist camp and do the exercise in the woods. And it sort of gradually becomes. You know, it goes from hippie to organized hippie to to that. There is a crossover. Yeah, and it's a sort of fanciful Ludditism. The idea is that we used to have it perfectly bang on and we need to return to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that we, we've strayed with all our evil technology. But then ironically, all the, the only exhibits in this um, exhibition that were conv- that were exciting and convincing were yeah. examples of, like you say... Uh, processes or startups that were going to uh, rural parts of Africa and compressing materials there into, say, bricks. So you yeah. save you save materials and fuel and uh, money by just making building materials there. But then that is a case not just for indigenous solutions, quote unquote, but a marriage of an understanding for the natural world and modern technology and putting them together. Yeah. And yeah. making them work for us. It's a real shame that we, we can't convince the public seemingly to take, to use their language, indigenous solutions seriously without also invoking a bunch of wishy-washy woo-woo magic language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the language is a big problem. It was, my friend described it very well as fluffy. It, and that's exactly yeah. it. It's fluffy language. It, it It's cute. It's comfortable. But it it's vague and it's, it's not very useful, and I feel like the word communities is at the center, is the is the central node of fluffy language. Yes, I mean, the way the word communities has been overused. Um, there was an extraordinary little video towards the end of the exhibition, and they had a bunch of videos about like young people who were who were on the forefront of uh, environmental justice, you know. And there was this video of a very so slick, handsome, well-educated um, Oxford student or graduate who had a podcast about um environmentalism and he was talking about how his work was centered on let me see if i can remember this um under like understanding and supporting digital resistance uh. um among indigenous communities and environmental justice or something by re- digital resistance, he meant a few TikTok videos um, saying that the rainforest shouldn't be cut down. That's digital resistance. Digital and he, resistance. One, <laughs> digital resistance. So he's, it, all that means is posting a video saying, oh, this isn't good. That's yeah. digital resistance, apparently. And the, most extraordinarily, he said his work focused on um, uh, people in India, most specifically uh, indigenous communities in India... Right. And ru- and rural farmers. Now, for one, I, by indigenous communities, in, does he mean in Indian people? Is that not what Indian people are? The community. The, and I've never heard of a farmer that wasn't rural. <laughs> Every now and then, rural you'll hear farmers. of a, you'll hear of an urban farm, but what that means is petting zoo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a rural farmer. 
Oh. A rural, imagine that, a rural farmer. Indigenous God, so in remote. India. Well, it just, it, yeah, communities, communities in India, by which it means Indians, Indian people, Surely. and rural farmers, by which it means farmers. And it's just this fluffy language that adds on unnecessary words to, to, to elevate something, but at the same time make it vague and yeah and ineffective okay so i found a website what is indigenous peoples in india indigenous peoples in india comprise an estimated population of 104 million or 8.6 percent of the population but why not what the largest concentrations of indigenous peoples are found in the seven northeastern states of india and the so-called central tribal belt but why are they not all were they there before hindu people can that be right? Was was there what? a large migration into India at some point from the Middle East or anything? I don't know. And is that not colonialism? What? Yeah. I don't I mean, understand. Perhaps I'm exposing this. some ignorance here, but 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 this is just what this kind of language does. It's all so vague and non-committal and it's, unconvincing. Yeah, you come away having learnt nothing. Ah, uh, however, the government of India does not officially recognize these tribes as indigenous people. Right. I guess you wouldn't want to, because then you'd be like, well, so are we. It seems to just mean minorities. Right, yes, exactly, yeah. Which they do see, they're not, they're not Hindu, they're different ethnically, and they have different languages, religions and things, but then why not just say that? Why are we, why are we, we're, we're throwing the word indigenous around left and right, Phil. We really are. And it's, it's, it's playing with fire because, like mm. you say, it's very easily adopted by by people on the opposite side of the political spectrum to describe their own identities. A scheduled e. tribe. E.g. The... E. what? Sorry. Oh, so e.g. far right movements in in Western countries. Well, yeah. I mean, if everyone starts talking about the original populations, we're going to get somewhere pretty naughty. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't really understand this, yeah. I guess they just mean non-Hindus. Which I guess, yeah, fair enough. But just say that. Just It's fine to be an ethnic minority. Is that just too confusing? I don't know. It just seems I think like... It, it's, it's more about painting a kind of picture that they want to sell. Yeah, it is a different uh, thing, isn't it, to say indigenous rather than... it Because it, the word indigenous comes, as you say, with like a lot more rights and a lot more power and things. Um, mm. I also can't I really wish we could just have like a global convention on like because like different countries will find different words offensive at different times so like you can't really say native anymore in the in anywhere anglophone um, yeah you, I don't think you can say aboriginal anymore either I think it is in, indigenous now or original peoples or uh, yeah but uh, except in the case for, of aboriginal Australians because aboriginal used to mean any indigenous people but it started to become specifically about the Aboriginal Australians, and so yeah. I think that capital A Aboriginal is still is in use. Is it in okay? Australia. But that, but 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 I think yeah. The assumption now, if you say Aboriginal people, that you mean the Aboriginal people of Australia, and then you have like First Peoples, First Nations. Mm, mm. Yeah, people are. You know what? You know what? Oh, here's one of the alternative terms: or autochthonous. No one's going to go for that. Too hard to say. <laughs> Autoxinous. Autoxinous, yeah. So, like auto, like to the or, self? So, is auto, that, is that the... auto, C-H. 
yeah. or Tok, and then T H Thonos, 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 Thonos. Beware, Thonos. Um, yeah, I. Again, yeah, like it's a shame that you have to sell it like that, but like, I guess. Uh, depressingly, is it more effective to try and create a kind of like and the the wisdom of the elders as opposed to just bamboo's very versatile in terms of tensile <laughs> strength? Like, that's a less exciting sentence, isn't it? Not to me, but I I think I'm an outlier. <laughs> yeah, sorry, this is the wrong. You're the wrong audience for that. You're the inversion <laughs> of that, of course, as an engineer. Um, and do you find? I mean, like. I, I find that I notice these things, but I feel like I am less sort of safe to say them because, you know, I'm like a white South African, which is the most evil type of white person. Um, close competition with Russians at the moment. But historically yeah, but- speaking, we're the ones that are the least popular. So I, if I notice anything like this, I tend to just keep it to myself. But I mean, you are a, you're a, you, you are a POC, Phil, and you are from a place that has indigenous peoples and jungles and things. Well, I'm... And- I'm- well, by I'm by I'm descended from the indigenous peoples of North Borneo. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. So I think um, I I think uh, I I I'm very pleased that you're able to to also say that because it sort of go oh, okay right I'm not just uh, alone in thinking that bamboo's tensile strength is a selling point all in itself. Do you find yeah, it patronizing? Yeah. Do you feel patronized when you read this stuff? Um. Do you feel a bit like a some bit. some weird white guy saying that you've got a slightly magic power somewhere in your blood? It's a bit, yeah. I guess I I, I would find it a bit patronizing, but and also more uh, more than patronizing, it's it's sort of obfuscating and a distraction. Like yeah. you say, the important things are that there are natural resources and natural techniques that are as yet untapped on mass. And would be very, very, very beneficial. Yeah. And there are people out there who know about these techniques because they still live in the old ways. But yes. the, for me, the elephant in the room is that these people, by and large, would probably prefer to live in the modernized world. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, I always, and, I always got the impression. And I, don't, I, I feel like the, there's, there's, in, the, the, the insinuation is that we need to keep certain people's in these conditions yeah in order to benefit from their magic powers from their and doing i think that's what research. i i bought out a little yes yeah, yeah i do agree i always got the tone from some of these people that they would like if you ended up telling them like uh you know they were telling you all about some tribe that actually harvested all of its wheat painstakingly by hand with their freezing arthritic fingers you know and mm. If they ever heard, um, oh no, that tribe has a combine harvester now, thanks to the the, the World Food Organization or something, you'd imagine them going, oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, oh, I wanted them to do it the slow, painful way so I could be impressed and far away. Well, what are National Geographic going to take photos of now? <laughs> Obviously, I want my industrially produced food, but they should be slow, <laughs> artisanal. Yeah, mm. there is an element mm. of that to it weird originalism or luddite uh, attitude as you say um and again this they, they they love bringing the words like um justice environmental justice and it, it, turning everything into a fight against some sort of vague imagined enemy is not helpful you, you know why why do we, why, why are these fights for justice why aren't they just you know opportunities for cooperation in fighting climate change yeah 
Yeah, it's strange. A war. There's a villain out there somewhere. Mm. We just we need a bad guy so much. Yeah, it's like Watchmen. We just need a big vagina alien to blame. I honestly think I for a while I thought that Donald Trump was our big vagina squared alien. Yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. And then and then I thought could Russia be our big vagina squared alien? But then whenever something like that happens you realize oh there are other big vagina squared aliens in the world and they will they will help each other to <laughs> to, to do v- big vagina squared alien stuff. Yeah, together. they tend to they tend to be quite good at working together at least in the short term. <laughs> yeah. Vagina squared aliens. Here in the jungles of London, an urban jungle, a concrete series of canyons in which the humble Londoners make their homes, carving tiny but very efficient flats into the sheer faces of Qatari or or, or Russian oligarch-funded construction projects in a way that would make any other country's attempt at finding space to live seem grandiose. These humble, indigenous Londoners are happy to live in tiny caves, essentially. And their culture is vibrant and valuable. They don't uh, uh, gorge themselves on enormous weekly shops at affordable large shopping centers built out of town where you have to drive in a, a car that emits fumes and destroys the planet. These humble Londoners take traditional ancient trains that run on uh, some sort of native spirit and uh, it's hard to say no one really knows and they use these trains they rattling ancient trains and they go to tiny shops where they pay more than anyone else in the world for fewer things that they take back to squirrel away in the aforementioned caves and then uh, uh, every uh, weekend which is um uh, takes place in a sort of social cycle, um, you will uh, hear echoing through these cliffs, these cavernous tunnels that they live in and dwell in uh, in London. You will hear the sounds and cries of their social rituals, um, uh, their football teams, oi, 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 and things like that are echoing uh, uh, through. And um, the humble buzz of their Deliveroo riders as they rapidly deploy little burgers to the hungover Londoners after drinking um, a ritual uh, poisons that they uh, brew and ingest in order to, um, well, to remember and to forget uh, the sort of uh, uh, the trials and tribulations of their lives and their ancestors. And of course, their ritual color-coded fighting teams. Um, really vibrant stuff. I mean, a lot to learn here. A lot to learn here from the rest of us. Uh, for the rest of us in the uh, in the developed world. Um, shall we very quickly do some correspondence? Yes. Uh, all uh, a, a non-wine will gets in touch. A different will. Oh, hello, will. A non-swill will. A yeah. will who doesn't swill. Yes. Um, and this is quite relevant to our discussion of sort of language and, and, and race a little bit. So he says, dear bum cheeky boys. Nice. We are the bum cheeky boys. Um, thank you for the excellent podcast. It has accompanied me by writing my PhD thesis or feces. Uh, <laughs> thesis. Lending further evidence to the idea that Bud Pod is the perfect mix of highest brows and lowest browns. <laughs> very, very nice. Um 
in the eternal quest to navigate and catalogue the tree of Tet. I like that. Like the a tree family of Tat. tree. Ah. It would be a diagram, the tree of Tat, the central trunk just being Tat and then all branches coming off, you know. Oh, then like like in the royal ones where it's like shields. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But instead of shields, it's sort of wall tat yes. framed like in shield shapes, yeah. Um, in the eternal quest to navigate and catalogue the tree of tat, I believe I have discovered a new branch. <gasps> yeah. Exciting. And I think the cutting right. edge of tat right here. I think he's right. By Jove, I think he's got it. Um, this is going to be on BBC News. Researchers have <laughs> discovered a new branch of tat, hitherto assumed lost. <laughs> Um, I include a link to the material and I submit my own analysis. So I'm going to click the link. Um, and it is very strange. I, I, so I, I won't get you to tat whisper this because it's impossible okay. to, I think. And it's very hard to well, tell if it's new. ironic. It's too new. It's, it's, too, new. it's yeah. too new. So there's what appears to be a sort of, I don't know, mouse mat or like a little thing in a frame. And it's a guy, uh, you know, when someone does like a silhouette, like the sort of the, the, the silhouette of a man on the sign for the toilet. Oh, yeah. It's that guy wearing a gamer headset and holding a controller. Ah, I think I might have an inkling as to what this new branch attack might be. Yeah. And it says, I like to party and parties in red. And then it says mm. in slightly smaller letters, and by party, I mean stay inside and harass, in red, women online. Gosh, that is strange. Yeah. I'm, I'm finding it hard to identify where this is coming from. So so I'll go through all of them, and then I'll read you Will's analysis, because he's quite good on okay. this, I think. So this okay, I like great. to party, and by party, I mean stay inside and harass women online. It's like a gamer in uh, sort of figure. Um, then there's another one, which is a gaming headset, and it says... Uh, I went. I went outside once. Too many minorities. Uh, what? Yeah, I. Th it looks. This is a dark branch. This is a dark branch. Is the thing. One says, "Eat slur game repeat." Slur. What does slur have to do? Like a racial. Oh, slur. as in like a racial slur. Oh yeah. God, I thought it meant just like. <laughs> yeah, and then there's one that's um. It's a it's a it's it's a a gamer controller and then the caption is just five more n words instead of minutes. Wow. It doesn't what say the this? n word it says n words as it were. Okay, okay. So this is a controversial and eye-catching selection that is available in visu visually speaking in some sort of shop. Uh, is yeah. it, are these pictures from from a physical shop or are they thumbnails from an online shop? No, they look like they're in a physical shop. They're in a display. Hmm. Huh. Surely not in the UK. No. Do, have they been photoshopped? I'm just looking now, and they, they seem a little janky. Hmm. Maybe they've been ironically photoshopped to kind of, like, satirize how horrible gamers can be. Interesting. Interesting. Let's get Snopes on this. But I, I, so what does Will's take? Um, so Will says, let me see. I'm going to Google I like to party gamer poster. Yeah, all the originals just say I like to party and by party I mean stay in and play video games, but I can't find the original image. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Will, you might have been had here, but anyway, let, I'll say his analysis. Analysis. Most tat, he says, is, I believe, meant to agree with the views of the owner. Hmm. Prosecco princesses really do hit the floor after two glasses. 
be that the dance floor or the actual floor. Angry husbands really do think their masculinity is defined by their ability to burn a sausage on a barbecue, to give two basic examples. Yes. Yeah. Very good. What makes this different is that the audience is unclear. One has to be familiar with online gamer culture to get the, quote, joke about gamers being so offensive. But are those people buying it? Who puts this on their wall? Yeah. 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 I mean, they're, they're too... I mean, I guess we'll have to... Ass- well, first, let's assume these are real. Yeah. Um, in which case, gaming does famously have this dark undercurrent, which is which would be typical of any subgroup of people who spend a lot of time on the internet and alone and at home. Yes. Um, in which case, I suppose it caters to a, a very small but dedicated market. I guess so. But then so. If these people are so alone and there's only them in their rooms, why are they putting up tat for their own lonely benefit? Yeah, they, they're sort of chortling at their own badness their mm. own horribleness it's the kind of thing that edgelords don't enjoy by having on their wall but by sharing with other edgelords online yes they'd have to take a photo and show other edgelords to get the kicks out of it yeah the uh, yeah and as you say the the most likely explanation is that these are faked yeah because some of the letters don't quite line up Oh, I think I found it. Is this right? I think someone's just made this up. I don't like being had, Will. I'd hate to break it to you. <laughs> Fool me once, yeah. etc. Well, I mean, it just goes to show to be ever vigilant on the on the internet. There, there are many, there are many tricksters. Will, I hope you feel like an absolute boomer because I think these are just photoshopped. Mm. It's it's definitely it's mm. shared the the image he actually sent is shared quite a lot on Reddit as a kind of like ha 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 thing, but I don't think these are real. I think these are photoshopped. Right. Well, if they're shared as an image, then there obviously is a, a subculture that enjoys them. Well, but there again, we, this is that's a good point. That's the irony, isn't it? So even if it's not real, it's being shared as if it was real and good and funny. So it is still there as a culture. Yeah. 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 And very yeah, it feels very reddity, the kind of thing. Always annoying. Um, just to remember that these people exist. Yes. You always yeah. feel like there's more progress happening in the world, and then you remember, you, you bump into these sort of figures online or in real life, and you go, oh, you're still around, are you? Okay. Ugh, ugh. And then that, yeah, yeah, yeah. what annoys me is that then when I see some sort of comment piece about, like, every institution is riddled with fascists, I have to go like, oh, come on. Well, no, I did bump into one the other day. <laughs> uh, so well, not riddled but uh, they well, are there that's the thing it's not riddled but uh, these people are still out there yeah. I think in, in sort of dwindling numbers and they, they have to form these hidden secret groups because these types of this type of behaviour is broadly unacceptable in modern society so I think yeah. that is cause for optimism that's true It's it's what's worrying is like when you saw that Nazi on the tube that's when it's a concern yeah, yeah, but then again, one one Nazi across a lifetime <laughs> of seeing people. Out so are about, you saying that you know, what, one Nazi swallow doesn't make a fascist summer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fundamentally. Yeah. Um, That's true. I just mean when they when they get brave enough to just have a face tattoo and walk around, being like, "Yeah, and what?" 
Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, we have to. But these people always be on the fringe of this. Always be on the fringes of society. Well, hopefully, we'll I mean, be rid of them. We'll that's be hopefully, rid of them. hopefully in America they'll manage to keep them on the fringe. Although they're about to burst from the fringe into the mainstream, they're like an '80s uh, Footlights comedian. <laughs> Bursting from the fringe to the mainstream, bit of an in joke there, a little bit of inside baseball. Um, um, oh God, I'm thanks, sweating. It's it's um, it's it's food for thought, Will. Um, food for thought, Will. Will, do your goddamn do do your do do diligence. Make sure you do due diligence, Will. But then maybe Will has actually stumbled upon a different sub subcategory, a different branch of tat than he was expecting to find. Meta tat. Photoshopped meta tat. Yes, meta tat. That's right. Maybe that's the discovery here. This branch was briefly misclassified by Dr. Will <laughs> before being reanalyzed by the uh, Bud Pod uh, Institute for Tat Analysis as meta tat. <laughs> Now, metatat is an interesting branch of tat. Mm. Does it could it possibly sig, sig, uh, signal uh, that we are in the post-tat era? Is this, is this the post-modernism of tat? I'd say metatat is a is a is a adjoining branch of irony tat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sort of going, oh, imagine if I had this, wouldn't that be funny? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, interesting, interesting tat analysis. Interesting tat analysis is, from a highly this educated. This is the man. most ac- academic that um, our tat conversation has ever felt to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. I think we, we could, uh, if the but if the podcast gets big enough, uh, a sort of um, uh, very niche book at some point, perhaps. <laughs> um, okay, uh, great. We've run. We've, we've overrun. We've overrun because we got so deep there. Um, but thank you very much for sending in your messages and for subscribing. Yes, thank you, Patreon pals, uh, for subscribing and listening. Uh, it's always a pleasure, always fun. I'll I'll try and think of a less creaky uh, bonus pod intro <laughs> next next week. But I should learn by now to to think of a setting before we literally start recording. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's nice. It's like jazz. It's live. It's real. <laughs> Um, But yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye.